1: You can get your beer with. Start your engine!
0: It's the Nick D podcast. All right, all right, all right. It is the Nick D podcast. How are you? My name is Nick Gilio I am your host. It's episode 130, 130 episodes of the Nick D podcast. We are here on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, the best podcast network in the world. Radiomisfits.com is where you go to check out the tons of varied, entertaining, informative, funny, fantastic podcasts. And you should take the time to check them all out and to take the time to rate and review us on every platform and discuss them at Radiomisfits.com. Please be a part of uh, our podcast network. And if you want to be a sponsor on this specific podcast, the Nick D podcast, uh, you can do that. You can advertise with us. We reach a lot of people. It's a very popular podcast and you will reach a lot of people. If you got a business and you want to be a sponsor, you want to advertise with us, do it now. Send us a note. I want to advertise on the Nick D podcast. Sales at radiomisfits.com. Get there. And uh, get in there now. Also, be a part of the Nick D podcast in particular. We have a voicemail line that's open 24-7. We want to hear from you any time of day, anywhere, anytime. We want your feedback and your questions and your comments and uh, your thoughts and your contributions. And if you've got a megaphone message that you want me to, uh, to hand out there to the world, do it. Here's our voicemail message system. It's open 24-7, 4176 Call now or email us with your thoughts and your comments. Uh, we read all the emails, uh, everything that comes in, and we read many of them on the air as well here on the podcast. And that is nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Any and all thoughts and contributions and megaphone message requests, all of that stuff, uh, email us at nickdpodcast at gmail.com. And actually, Carol. From Rolling Meadows sent us an email um, concerning uh, the other podcast that I host here on Radio Misfits. And it's a podcast all about Saturday Night Live, of which I am an expert. I've been watching that show since the very first episode, and I'm not kidding. And uh, I now have a podcast that I've been hosting now for a while um, called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast, and is a deep dive into the greatest sketch comedy show of all time. 48 seasons worth of material. I'm not going to run out anytime soon. And I love doing the podcast. I've been getting a lot of positive feedback. If you're an SNL fan, even if you're not an SNL fan, you should subscribe to that podcast, download it, and listen to it, and rate and review it right now. It's called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years an SNL podcast. I'm real proud of it, and I love doing it, and I'm getting a lot of great response from it. Carolyn Rolling Meadows says, Hey, Nick, I've been a fan of yours forever, and I frequently listen to the Nick D podcast, which I love, but this SNL podcast you're doing is the best, and I look forward to it every week. It's my favorite podcast. I also listen to a Gilmore Girls podcast called I'm All In, among others like Smartless and Fly on the Wall, and I have watched SNL from the very first episode And it is one of my favorite shows. Uh, Carol also says, I am almost 74 years old. So I enjoy uh, all the ways that you explore Saturday Night Live and your guests. It is a truly great podcast for a real fan. And I'm so glad that I get to listen to you again. Thanks for doing all of this and so much success uh, uh, on what you do in the future. And that's from Carol. Uh, Thank you, Carol. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, I'm very excited about this SNL podcast. It makes me very happy to do it. And I love it. I love doing it. I love sharing my 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 knowledge of SNL, the trivia that I have in my head, and I love talking about SNL because it's really been one of my favorite things of all time since I was ten years old. So I thank you for that, and thank you for saying that it's your favorite podcast, especially because Fly on the Wall is another SNL podcast, and you like mine better, and I appreciate that. So thank you, Carol. I really appreciate it. It makes me feel great. Cause I put a lot of hard work into the SNL podcast. It's something that I look forward to and I'm very proud of it. And it's different than this podcast. Uh, And I'm, and I actively try to make it different. It sounds different. Um, You know, this podcast is really influenced by the fun stuff that I used to do on my radio show, on the overnight show, and I want to bring that energy to it, and and that's why Esmeralda Leon is is my co-host here for the last part of every episode, and that's why I bring back a lot of my regular guests, and I want to have that loose, fun, goofy, fun, informative, entertaining feel of my old radio show. But the SNL podcast has a different tone to it, and I specifically am doing it in a different style and a different tone so that people who aren't necessarily... You know, familiar with this podcast can completely enjoy the SNL podcast in a different way. So I'm real proud of this podcast and I hope you check it out. And thank you so much, Carol. It's one of my favorite emails that I've received. And again, send any of your emails at any time to nickdpodcast at gmail.com or your voicemail messages to 773 417 6948 want to thank my, my buddy Jason Skaggs for all the audio and the music. And by the way, you should hear the themes, the opening and the closing themes that he composed and performed for my SNL podcast because they're great. Ed, my main man at Radio Misfits, thank him too. Uh, and uh, thank you for uh, for checking us out. Esmeralda Leon will indeed be joining me. We have some Magic Megaphone message. We have another Magic Megaphone message to get to. We're going to finish up our Mexican candy extravaganza. We're going to talk about movies that are so bad that they're funny, and we got a couple of emails to catch up on, too, and it's always great to talk to Esmeralda. And my buddy Marnie Schur is going to join us she is with the takeout thetakeout.com uh, the takeout is an incredible food website so we're going to talk food we've got some uh interesting candy easter candy that we're going to taste test uh and some peeps we're going <laughs> to we're going to taste some uh, some peeps as well so uh and marnie is always great uh, it's always a lot of fun to talk to her she's also one of the contributors to mortified and they're going to have their special Mortified Star Wars edition on May fourth at the Music Box Theater. We'll tell you all about that and more. Marnie with the takeout is my special guest coming up, and uh, and uh, and so there you go. That's what's happening on the podcast on episode one thirty. And uh, thank you for checking us out. And oh, hi, I'm
1: Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. Hi, yes. I'm Carrie I'm... Russell, and I love Nick's show.
0: Yes, yeah, she's got a new show coming up on Netflix in a Q in a few weeks called The Diplomat. God, I can't wait to talk to our TV expert, Dan Feinberg, about that. Anyway, lots of great stuff coming up here. Thank you for subscribing and listening. And uh, and we're going to have a great show here on episode 130 of the Nick D podcast. And I uh, think that you deserve to be congratulated. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've
2: made
1: today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah, don't be a jackal.
0: Marnie, Marnie, sure. Marnie, 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 sure. Let's talk about food. Think you stick down your throat. Reasled, Aberdee, but don't take it from me. Money, money,
1: money. <reunited>
0: Morning, money, Marty, money, Ladies and gentlemen, I know that was kind of weird, but
1: hey,
0: here's something that's awesome. Marty sure, everybody. Yeah. There it is. Marty Schur um, <laughs> joins us once a month to talk about uh, a lot of food and a lot of other stuff and a lot of weird stuff and that's a that's one of my favorite funky themes that we have. Marty
2: gets stuck in my head a lot, actually.
0: It, it, yeah, it does, doesn't it? And especially the whole, uh, you know, the whole, uh, you know, uh, uh, sk- 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 skiddling and skedaddling that he does in the middle of it. There, it, it, yeah. Definitely.
2: Not enough songs have that these days.
0: Yeah. agree. Marnie, how are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm all right. Uh, Marnie joins us uh, usually once a month. Uh, It seems like it's been longer, though, since the last time you were with us.
2: It does feel like that. I'm glad to be here.
0: We talk about food and talk about a bunch of other stuff. We'll do a little taste testing. And uh, we also talk about movies and horror movies in particular, because Marnie loves horror movies. So we love to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And tell everybody about The Takeout.
2: Sure. So The Takeout is a um, national food and drink publication. It's a website, but it's based in Chicago. And you can find it at thetakeout.com. We talk about all things food, but we try to keep it to food that people actually experience and eat on a normal basis. It's not fancy, but it's what people eat and it's what we're here to celebrate.
0: Right. I love The the Takeout. And it's an offshoot from uh, The Onion and the AV Club. Mm-hmm. um, where it all began. And, uh, and I love the takeout and, and we uh, uh, love to talk about real food and fun food and we've got that. And, um, a lot of the things that we are going to be talking about in this uh, segment will be Easter related because, Hey, it's Easter weekend.
2: That's right. So and it's a big eating holiday. It certainly
0: is. Yes. I mean, um, I'm actually going over to my folks house on Saturday. Um, and, uh, it's, it's ham day. So we're going to have a ham <laughs> classic uh doing that and then sunday on easter i'm going to be celebrating um easter by watching dr strange love uh in a movie theater and i know that's because when i think easter i think end of the world i like to watch (laughs) (laughs) who doesn't yeah so celebrating the easter with a ham and so what are you doing for easter uh you got big plans
2: uh i'm I'm seeing family on saturday also um and we're just gonna get together. i assume ham will be involved um <laughs> Cadbury cream eggs probably um mm-hmm. yeah nothing nothing elaborate but it's fun to get together
0: well listen, you brought up Cadbury cream egg, so why don't we just get this out of the way <laughs> okay <laughs> you will be you, t- t- today actually uh this piece will be up uh at the takeout check out the takeout dot com uh, uh, one of your comrades at the takeout, has chosen to write about it. Uh, yes. I discovered this, and we briefly talked about it before we began recording. Um, maybe you would just like to tell everybody about what they're doing in the UK at Subway. Yes, the Subway Submarine Sandwich Shop is doing something special for Easter. Would you care yeah. to try try to describe this, if that's
1: possible? I awesome? can
2: attempt to do so. Uh, we're still, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm still just like, Somehow not convinced that this isn't a very late April Fool's joke. Right. I, but... I, I very,
0: I very, uh, I very rarely hear you at a loss for words and kind of, <laughs> kind of stammering a little bit. But I just heard yeah. that, and and I just heard that for the, one of the first times I've ever heard that from you. And I've known you for a few years now.
2: Yes, and um, but I, I think... can
0: understand. I can understand the trepidation and the weirdness. I can understand. Yes, it
2: should. It should be obvious when everyone hears it. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Uh, Subway UK. So. Um, the the sandwich chain, known for you know meat and cheese sandwiches, is releasing a Cadbury Cream Egg Easter sub melt. Um, and there is a photo of this product. If you'd like to Google it, and um, there's um, I'm going to put it, w- mm-hmm.
0: when when I plug this podcast on social media, it, this picture will be uh, on the plug, Perfect. so people will be able to see it on my Twitter and on my on my Facebook and stuff. So, um, but imagine if you can. A toasted, what looks like a toasted Italian, you know, sub roll, mm-hmm. with melted, gooey Cadbury cream eggs all over, in, in between.
2: Which, when they're melted, it really kind of looks like an Italian beef with mozzarella. It does. In a really un, unappetizing, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's unappetizing. It's unnerving.
0: It, it, it is. It's unner- I think unnerving is the correct, I <laughs> think <Yeah. laughs> that's the correct adjective to to describe it. Um, but yeah, they have like one sliced in half Cadbury egg that's like in between the two sandwiches that to make you to let it you know that that's what's the you know what's in the sandwich,
2: and and it it looks like about six to eight Cadbury cream <laughs> eggs are on that. Yes. white bread so uh, it's just more than any one person should probably well, eat in one sitting because they'll well, get a
0: real sugar rush i think one is an is enough for two weeks i mean the yeah. amount of the amount of sugar in those things is unbelievable has anybody do we know like uh, you know what you're consuming has anybody ever analyzed what's in uh, uh, the cadbury egg and how much sugar and and stuff you're you're actually consuming when you eat one of those things because they're unbelievable
2: They really are like a high concentration of sugar in in ways that other candy could only dream of.
0: Well, Um, if you've ever dreamed of about seven or eight of these things melted between two toasted uh, Italian slices of Italian bread. Well, you got to go to the UK, but you can get it. This this uh, you can get it. They're giving them away um, for one day only.
2: It's worth the flight, I think, <laughs> just to say you experienced it, you know, just to be yeah. part of that historic moment.
0: That's right. Well, anyway, that's how I thought we would kick off the conversation with the, what the hell is it called again? The uh...
2: the Cadbury Cream Egg Easter Sub Melt. <laughs>
0: God. All right. All right. We shall never speak of this again. Yeah. Um, all right. Hey, uh, one of the fun things that we do when, you, when you're on is um, we talk horror movies, and I know uh, and I find it delightful because, as you know, I am a movie critic and have been for many, many years. And uh, my favorite genre is horror. It's the it's the genre that was my gateway into movies. Um, and I love them. And I love the fact that you love them as well. And we like to talk about some of the horror movies. So uh, what horror movies have you seen uh, lately? Um, that you would like to that you would like to mention because you because you're watching older stuff you're catching up on stuff you're getting you're jumping headfirst into the genre as it were.
2: I'm trying to yeah, yeah it's um it's just such comforting watches for me like these horror movies I watch them again and again. Um, I'm picky about my horror but I've been watching some ones lately that I really liked. Uh, starting with the movie Sick from last year. Now did you see this movie Sick?
0: I did. It was. Um... It was a, a midnight show for the Chicago International Film Festival in October, so Got it's it. been a while. I saw it last October. Yeah, um, and explain the plot for Kevin Williamson hasn't written anything in a long time. He's the guy responsible for Scream and a couple of other uh, big movies. Um, but yeah, and uh, it's but well, explain explain the plot for 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 people. It's it's I, I believe it's you, where did you see it? It's streaming on.
2: It's streaming on Peacock. Peacock, um, So okay. that's so where Peacock. I watched it. Okay. Um, okay, And Peacock is one of the services that has an extension with Teleparty, which is that plug-in in your browser where you can watch it with somebody else, and your stream syncs up between your two laptops, and you can have a conversation on the side. So I was watching oh. with a friend who lives on the West Coast, and that's oh. a very fun way to watch these movies. Yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't even know that that was – that's pretty cool. I, yeah. I wasn't aware of that. I, you would think that because – That's essentially how everybody plays video games online now. (laughs) Right. You would think that that would be – some. well, that's a great idea to, to like, do a group thing where everybody gets together virtually and watches a a movie together. That's fun.
2: Exactly. And with horror, you know, it's particularly fun because you get someone there to sort of do all the jump scare reactions with you. But, yeah, 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 Sick um, lends itself very well to that because it's a very simple plot and it's a very short movie. It's only an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. And – it's the plot is just April fourth, twenty twenty. It's the throes of the start of COVID, and two college kids go and quarantine at one of their family's lake houses. Um, and suddenly, so they're at, they're relaxing at this lake house and talking about quarantine like it's the best thing ever. And then someone else is in the house, <laughs> and yeah. it just all proceeds from there.
0: Right and it's it's a, i mean it's like a it's it's a typical sort of slasher i wasn't a big fan of it uh, mm-hmm. um yeah. uh it, it, to me it was like a slasher movie with just uh you know with uh, surgical masks that was the only thing. I was it was right. just like a slasher movie with masks right um, like covid
2: is set dressing in yeah a pretty it, it's it's almost like funny the way that the movie kind of said covid horror and then wrote the script around that you know yeah
0: yeah and also i mean they were getting details really wrong uh <laughs> in it because I was I happened to be at that time in April of 2020 I was still going down to work every night at GN mm-hmm. um and you know I I my show would follow the nightly you no know, at that and and again they refer to it in this movie they refer to it as covid um mm-hmm. and in April of 2020 nobody referred to it as covid it was
2: You're right. it
0: was either coronavirus or at, if they did get into it, it would be COVID nineteen. You know what I mean? Like, but it was yeah. always like Corona or Coronavirus. That's what it was referred to, and they never once do that in this movie. And that kind of drove me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who was you know knee deep in the media while yes. the, while that was happening, I know I was being a little too nitpicky for a stupid horror movie, but <laughs> um, but I love that's that's uh, yeah, just ahead.
2: it, right? The 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 fact that it's a stupid horror movie is what made it fun. Um, yeah. The runtime kind of tipped me off that we weren't going to be watching yeah. great American horror cinema <laughs> right, here. Right, but right, right,
0: right. It was, and I saw, uh, and I, and yeah. I must say that the audience I saw it with, I saw, like I said, I saw it at a midnight show at the Music Box, um, on a Friday night, and the theater was packed, and it was you know a midnight show at the Music Box. Plus, it was part of the Chicago International Film Festival, so the place was loaded with with the the, the crowd. You know what I mean? It was a paper house. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So people were. There to have a. To be people were whooping it up and having a great time, and that's <laughs> fine. And I happen to adore Lin Shay,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Um who's in this movie. And people, uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, it's not Lin Shea. What the hell is wrong with me? It's um, oh man, now I'm blanking on her name. Um, she was in um Hung with uh, Thomas Jane. And why am I blanking on her name? She's this. She's uh, oh um in Jane Happiness. Adams. That's it. I love mm-hmm. her. I yeah. and she's great. She's my favorite thing in the movie.
2: Yes, Um, she uh, shines.
0: Yeah, she's the best thing in the movie. But yeah, yeah, but but, but you had a good time. But I mean, watching it with you and your friend like that on the West Coast, that must have been fun though, right?
2: Totally. And like, you know, just furiously typing, OMG, you know, a bunch of times. (laughs) It just makes it more fun. And I highly recommend anyone to watch it that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, okay, a a great little slasher movie that uh, you had a lot of fun with. And I understand that you caught up. Boy, I I didn't like this one either. The next one. Uh, (laughs) World War Z.
2: That's right. I finally, after what, a decade, um, managed to get around to this one. I read the book in college. I I went through a big um, zombie lit phase. um, (laughs) And I I thought, I think Max Brooks's books are really like engaging in that way for their Mm -hmm. realism. Mm -hmm. I think the movie, I really enjoyed watching it. But it I was distracted the whole time by the fact that Hollywood threw a big budget at something that works best when it doesn't make use of a huge budget.
0: That's exactly how I felt about it. I love the book. I love love the mm-hmm. book, and and the and the and making the movie out of it was very strange. The way they made it into the movie, yeah. it turned into a big budget extravagance. I mean, Brad Pitt's the star, and <laughs> he'll um, never
2: look like a normal everyman.
0: <laughs> no, exactly. And 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 I am of the I'm a the, now Marnie. As we've discussed, my favorite genre is the horror genre, mm-hmm. and my favorite subgenre within that is the zombie. Like the yes. the zombie genre is my favorite. And I get a little bit nitpicky because I like my zombies slow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have an issue with World War Z because they are certainly not slow. Um, no. And so I like I I like my zombies slow. And 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 I know sometimes they're like, well, you, well, fast zombies are cool. And I'm like, no, they're not. And I got to know George Romero before he passed away. I was lucky enough wow. to like get to know him and i've interviewed him, i interviewed him several times and when george romero says zombies fast zombies suck and he sells <laughs> t-shirts he used to sell t-shirts at his merch stand at oh conventions that said fast zombies suck when george romero says that the man who basically invented the genre <laughs> yeah the modern day uh, then y- yeah that's y- you go along with that so right. i had a lot of issues with world war z
2: yeah, but it it's uh, I'm impressed with you know the scope that they were able to accomplish. But the best part of the movie is the lowest budget part, which is the the scenes all the way at the end that take place in a literal hallway. So it's yeah. like you know that should tell you like yep. this is where the genre belongs. And um, yep. yeah, it was it was a fascinating case study in why certain things work within horror.
0: It, it's like when they made a movie out of the uh, which of course was ridiculous. They made a movie out of a great. Book that the Abraham uh, Lincoln Vampire Hunter, yes, um, which is a fantastic book, but it's like a textbook, you know, Mm -hmm. like and the and the World War Z is like a a survivalist book, yeah. So they 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 take these these books that were written in a certain style, like I mean, the Abraham Lincoln thing is a textbook; it is literally a textbook, and then they try to make it into a movie, and they fail miserably, and you know, a how to survive. A survival book was turned into a Brad Pitt movie, and it just—it's weird.
2: <laughs> yeah, like Brad Pitt just makes things to Hollywood. I think. Yeah, the, and I love him. Yeah. I
0: adore Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, let's get to one that we—that I am excited that you saw because <laughs> yes. it's from one of my favorite directors of all time, Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. You saw *Drag Me to Hell*, and
2: I feel like <laughs> I've—if—if if someone had told me when that movie came out it's just like Evil Dead for the next generation,
1: Yeah,
2: I would have seen it immediately. I feel like I totally missed this one. I think it did come out while I was out of the country uh, studying abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of it. But I cannot believe I haven't had this movie in my life sooner. It's everything that makes Sam Raimi fun to watch. It's so simple. I think this movie is pretty short as well. Yeah. And it's just – it's basic. It has amazing performances. Justin Long is yep. doing his thing. Yep. And, um, yeah, I just enjoyed every moment of it.
0: Me too. I love Drag Me to Hell. I think it is – and it, and it did okay at the box office. And it's mm-hmm. one of those movies that, like, when you talk Sam Raimi – I think should be spoken of in the highest regard. And most people are like, nah. And I'm like, I think it's better than any of the damn Marvel stuff that he did. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And it is a full on Sam Raimi movie. Um, You know, it's got the sense of humor. It's got the craziness. It's got the, you know, people being covered in all kinds of bodily liquids. (laughs) Um, I love it. I love drag me to hell. I think it's fantastic. And I saw it probably three or four times when it came out in the theaters and I've seen it dozens of times since then. I'm I'm so glad you liked it and and it is it's great Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi at the top of his game.
2: Yeah, and you know, it's just uh it's got buckets of comical blood and um <laughs> it's just it's going to have so much rewatch potential I can already tell.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now you did see Cocaine Bear? I did. Um which I think everybody did when it opened like that weekend <laughs> it made like a billion dollars or something. <laughs> Um, and I'm not a fan. I thought it was terrible. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it was a one-joke movie, and the joke wasn't very funny. It was the same joke over and over and over again. I liked the idea of kids doing cocaine at the beginning, even though they didn't really, <laughs> even though they didn't really do it. They kind of ate it, remember? That,
2: that got the biggest reaction from me. I, it's, like, shrieked. I just didn't yeah. expect them to eat a spoonful of cocaine. Uh,
0: that, to me, was fun. That was my favorite part of the movie, was, like, <laughs> yeah. watching, like, 12-year-olds do cocaine. I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then it just began. And I love Carrie Russell. Very mm-hmm. much. I don't know if you know this, but uh, hi,
2: I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
0: I don't know if you know that or not, but but I've heard. I am a f- I am I'm I've been a fan since Felicity, and I love her very much. And and she, unfortunately, you know, she had to play the straight guy in the entire in the movie. Like mm-hmm. you know, she didn't. She played the concerned mom, and everybody else got to do all the the, the crazy stuff. But I will yeah. say this. Now, what did you think of it overall? Now, yeah, you know, again, this is a movie that I guess with a big crowd, you know, might people might have fun. I just was miserable during most of the running time of it. <laughs> but did you did you enjoy? Were there aspects of it that you thought were okay, or
2: so? It felt way longer than its brief runtime would suggest. And and I think that goes to exactly what you're saying. It's one joke that plays out again and again. But I watched it in a theater full of thirteen year old boys and that was a treat in itself <laughs> because of course they're having the time of their lives. There you go. But also, um, it's so funny because for being just an absolute like lowest rung type of movie, like it's Oh, it's, it's crap. It's crap. It's crap. It's yeah. crap. Like yeah, for crap. being crap, it has <laughs> Performers, I love. And, like, I don't know what your thoughts are on Alden Ehrenreich, who's in it. He played solo in yeah. um, the a fan. solo movie. And, and it, it's the so Coen funny brothers. because – He's in the
0: Coen Brothers. Oh, that's right. Hail Caesar. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, what a great performer, and I thought he turned in a really good performance in an otherwise crap movie, as did Brooklyn Prince as the little girl, and Mm -hmm. um, even Margot Martindale has a really fun little cameo playing out of type.
0: My favorite guy, and oh man, I'm blanking on his name now, from The Wire. Um, uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr.? Yes. No, 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 no. O'Shea Jackson Jr. uh, is from... um, uh, he played his dad in uh, Straight Out of Compton. Oh gosh, uh, that's right. Uh, God, why am I blanking um, on his name? Uh, from the Wire. Um,
2: well, so I never watched The Wire, so I'm just guessing here.
0: <laughs> okay, well, he's the cop that's stuck up on the roof of the gazebo. The older cop. Oh
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. All
0: right, so he's from The Wire, and and he's in he Veep ma- too. The uh, yeah, for he he at one point is stuck on top of a gazebo and can't get down. That made me laugh like that. He yeah. he. He actually was my favorite part of the movie, he, with, the, with the dog, that subplot about the dog and everything. Yes. He, was my fa- he was, in fact, my favorite part of the movie.
2: Yeah, lots of little fun moments, but strung together with too much filler, I'd say. Yeah,
0: I agree. I mm-hmm. agree. But I will tell you the one moment in the movie that I actually thought was really good, and Elizabeth Banks, by the way, directed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love her in front of the camera, not so yes. much behind. Nah. No, mm-hmm. Cuz she yeah. directed she directed a Charlie's Angels reboot a couple of years ago and she directed right. the worst pitch perfect movie. So, if she's in front of the camera, I love her. Uh yes. behind the camera not so much. But the the one part, the one single cutaway moment in the movie that I thought was really brilliant and the best part of the movie was when um one of the when the you know they the 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 group is walking through the Shea o- 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 Jackson and and um and the guy that you're talking about from Han Solo, are mm-hmm. with the drug dealing guy, the kid. Yes, and he's talking about how in the future he wants to meet up with his friends again. And then they cut to the shot of them <sighs> one one guy's holding his own head that's been ch- ripped off, and they're yes. dead. And that moment where they're like, "There's this other world where like the dead bodies exist and they're alive." I was like, "Wait a minute, let's explore that a little bit more. Let's go back into the wait." You know, you're just so this, right. This it was mo- like.
2: It showed so much perspective. It was like, oh, this is visually really interesting. Yeah.
0: It was like this cutaway shot of the dead guys who've been ripped apart by this bear who are going to be living. They're smoking. They're drinking. They're sitting outside of a trailer. You know? Yeah. And I was like, well, I want to see that movie. I want to see the dead.
2: (laughs) Maybe that'll be the sequel.
0: (laughs) Okay. Then we can only hope. Well, anyway, uh, I hope you see. Well, the next time we talk in May, we'll talk more about horror movies that you're catching up on. But um, it is um, food stuff that we talk about for the takeout. And I really have to get, because we're going to be, and and by the way, we're going to do taste tests here. We've got some Peeps products. Explain Mm -hmm. what we're going to be taste testing here from the world of Peeps, those marshmallow treats that some people love and most people can't stand.
2: Yeah. Peeps have really expanded beyond the classic yellow chicks that you use to see at Easter. They still sell those, of course, but they've gone off the wall in terms of flavor offerings. And this year... They've got a returning flavor, sour watermelon, mm-hmm. as well as some new flavors, including hot tamales and Dr. Pepper flavored Peeps. Oh. And they've even expanded beyond the marshmallow product to do marshmallow flavored versions of other things, including Peeps gummy candy.
0: Right. And I have, the, I have a package of the gummies. I'm holding them right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, the hot tamales, by the way, that's the cinnamon candy flavored. Yes, it's not, not taped, like, it's not actually like a real tamale. It's not tamale. Right,
2: right. Yeah, the 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 company that makes peeps also owns the hot tamale candy brand. So it makes sense that they mashed them yeah. together.
0: And the sour watermelon you've already tried. I've not.
2: I'm so excited for okay. you to try those.
0: <laughs> and I've got the Dr. Pepper but I have to say the Dr. Pepper flavored peeps is the one that I'm most excited about.
2: Same here. I'm so excited. I think I, I went, like to, my, can't I went it to
0: I went to my the Walmart closest to my place. And uh, to to get these things, and I have I I don't know I have not gone Easter candy shopping ever really. Mm-hmm. They had like fi- Walmart in the front of this. This is the Walmart like on diversity right where you can get your uh, where you can get your driver's license renewed. Yes, um, that one. Mm-hmm. And I went in there, and they had three in the front in the seasonal section in the front. They had like three giant aisles of insane miles of Easter candy and like an entire aisle of peeps products. It's insane.
2: And the, the aisle, the seasonal aisles that they put up for Easter, at least at the one I went to, I was with my parents out in the suburbs and I was like, let's go to Walmart. Right. Um, it, the aisles are so tall that they literally block yeah. out the light. You know, you're you're in, they're so much taller than a normal aisle. You cannot see the end of them.
0: Uh, it is you're absolutely right. The seasonal aisles are insane there. And because it's Easter and it's all Easter candy, I kept waiting for Gene Wilder to come out and say, Hey, <laughs> welcome. You know, I it was it was insane. But uh so I did. I grabbed a bunch of stuff. I grabbed, you know, I got the the sour watermelon, I got the hot tamales, I got the Dr. Pepper peeps, and I've got the gummies. And I almost like, and I also bought a uh, a giant bag of pre filled Easter eggs mm. for my last uh, live um, podcast show at Zanies. Mm-hmm. So everybody who came got an Easter egg. Um, but I, cause I just bought a giant bag of them. They were like 15 bucks and there were a hundred Easter eggs that were pre-filled and each one had a little trinket or something inside. Oh, cool. And everybody, you know, like, I don't know what's in them. I like, you know, and so I talked to the crowd, I was like, what, open up your eggs. What'd you, cause everybody got an Easter egg who came and some people got like a little like dinosaur, real real rubber dinosaur. Some got a (laughs) little ring. So other, so it was like a different trinket slash prize. Um, oh, and I, I got that. that in the I got that in the same aisle at at at, uh, at Walmart. So
2: maybe I'll have to go get some of
0: those. Yeah, they're out there. You got till Friday. You got till Sunday. We got a few that's days. Right. So, but anyway, all right. Well, uh, speaking of Easter, <laughs> the headline for the Aldi story alone. <laughs> um, I just want to hear you say that. That's that's basically. So let's yeah. let us <laughs> let us cover this one first. This is at the takeout. Check out the which is awesome. Where's the yep. first story? It involves Aldis.
2: This is probably the first time this word has made an appearance in a takeout headline. But uh, the headline is, Aldi's dong-shaped Easter marshmallows raise questions.
0: <laughs> and if, that, uh, if that's something that somebody doesn't click on, I don't know what I, – seriously, I don't know what's going to do it. You know what I mean? Well,
2: the traffic report would suggest that you are correct. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Put the word dong in anything, and I believe your clicks will double. That's just that's right. my – So what's this story?
2: Yeah, so <laughs> a customer at Aldi in the UK, I don't know what it is about the UK What's today, going between on? Subway yeah. and Aldi, <laughs> but um, a, an Aldi UK customer took a picture and posted it to social media and said, sorry, Aldi, but that ain't a bunny. And basically, it's a picture of a bag of marshmallow bunnies and chicks. Right. And inside the bag, the marshmallows are... A shape that one can only associate with human anatomy, um, right. not anything related to bunnies or chicks.
0: Yeah, I'm looking um, at it right now, and it does look like a bag full of dongs. It really, yeah. It does. If you,
2: yeah, readers can can see the the photo in our article. Um, it's undeniably that shape, for sure. Um,
0: but it is, but, and it's not just the dong; it's the other. Uh, couple of
2: things
0: accoutrement (laughs) if that's how you want to refer to them sure yeah Yeah.
2: it's all of it together um i think and and if you like i've spent an inordinate amount of time looking at the photo to try to figure out what the hell they were trying to go for you know because like you kind of want to know like where their heads were at and it it's supposed to be like a duck or a chick in profile um, it, it It is? Yeah. And so, yeah. like, one um, round <laughs> part uh, is the chick's head, and the other part, I think, is supposed to just be its, like, protruding chest, and then the elongated oh, part is supposed to be the body.
0: Okay. Now I got... Now, okay, I can... Well, yeah. I guess yeah. I can see that. Okay.
2: But that's meeting them no. more than halfway. And yeah. <laughs> Aldi itself uh, retweeted the photo from its official account and said... We can't even defend this one,
1: <laughs>
2: so I think that Aldi knows uh, right. that it's an inscrutable product.
0: That's right. Well, uh, again, you'll get a lot. You've already gotten a lot of traffic on it, but all <laughs> these dong-shaped Easter marshmallows thats what we're looking for, right there. Um, yeah, and you get, when you you can see the picture, by the way, and there's no arguing what it looks like. And check it out at mm-hmm. the takeout. But okay, that, I thought we would lead with that because that's a classy story.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. That's what we're all about.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, Oreos are confusing people. How is that possible? How can anybody be confused by the simple, lovely Oreo?
2: I had never thought about this before. Oh, but... by the way, before we get
0: into that, how do you eat <laughs> your Oreos?
2: Um, Here's where I get real. Oreos just <laughs> really <laughs> – Oreos are not my favorite. So okay. I don't really eat them. What about okay. you?
0: Um, I, I, like you, I am not a, I'm not a huge, it's not my, not my go-to cookie, but when I did eat them as a kid or if I ever have them now, I do not separate them and do the scraping of the cream with my teeth mm-hmm. thing. I eat them like a cookie. I, I eat you them and, bite I, in. and I do not like double stuffs. It's too much.
2: Oh, interesting. Okay. Do well, I definitely not. disagree with you there. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. All right, but you're not. You, but you're not like. Yeah, I'm not. A, I, I can't like do the double stuffs. It's like too much stuff for me. I
2: I only want a mega stuff Oreo. That's <laughs> it's really why I don't eat them more often is because right. they never have enough cream.
0: <laughs> I got you. Okay, so it's the cream filling that 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 you do like. Yeah. And it's the dark chocolate uh, cookie part that's not crazy that you're not. Yeah, about. it's like okay. you know, take right. it or leave I, it. I just had to ask how you ate them because you know the <laughs> whole like twisting them. Do you twist them and separate them? And no, I don't
2: and And the twisting is what is confusing to scientists right now okay. actually like, yeah. um because a team of researchers at mit um in the engine- the mechanical engineering department uh was investigating uh the issue of apparently people who do spend a lot of time twisting their Oreos open get frustrated because when you twist it it doesn't leave you with two clean halves that both have cream on them most of the time. It just puts all the cream on one side and That's none right. on the other.
0: Right.
2: So the the scientists wanted to figure out why this was. They and a lot of
0: time at MIT, huh? They really have a lot of. I mean, seriously, what what the hell are we talking about here? What are it, these? How much think, money are these guys making? Uh, you know what I mean?
2: Well, <laughs> it's funny to think about this experiment and how it might be applied to like other things. I have no idea, but. Uh-huh. They really did. They took um, an instrument called a, I believe it's pronounced rayometer, um, But <laughs> what it has is two counter-rotating metal plates, which when you think about it, is kind of what our hands are doing when we twist an Oreo open. We're counter-rotating them. And uh, it was used to twist open more than a thousand Oreos oh in order to see how the cream landed. And it said about, or they found that about 80% of the time the cream, for whatever reason, was sticking only to one side. And they can't account for why this is happening so much more because you'd think that it would happen like 50-50 because it's just a matter of chance or whatever. Um, And they found that when they tried to do the same experiment with other materials, including ice cream, uh, it would split evenly down the middle when that sort of counter-rotating force was applied. So it's something particular about Oreos and the cream that – kind of baffle scientists Mm. um and they they ran it at different speeds they they tried to replicate like human grip versus like superhuman grip and um the the explanation in part is just sort of that the cream is stronger than it is sticky which means that you know that's how you can kind of pull it off an oreo in one piece and it won't like tear into a million little pieces um and so something about those properties of the cream just forms a stronger bond with the, the cookie that it's placed on first. I see. Yeah. So okay. wherever it was assembled, whatever cookie it's on, that's the one it'll stick to most well, often.
0: Well, you know what? I'll be able to sleep tonight. You, <laughs> Thank no God. <laughs> that's amazing. All right. Yeah. Okay. So Oreos, that's the – has anybody contacted the Oreo who, – who makes Oreos? Is it Nabisco? Um, uh, yeah. Okay. So did anybody contact, did the scientists contact them and say, hey, what the hell do you put in this cream filling? Is it a secret?
2: Oh, gosh. Uh, maybe if they knew
0: Maybe if they knew what was in the cream filling, they could go, oh, well, that's a, a component that would be stickier or stronger than others.
2: Unless Oreo would not want to reveal its secrets. That's, those that's are trade right. secrets. That's right. You never that's know right. uh, who's working at MIT.
0: That's right. You never trust MIT, those weirdos. All right. Well. <laughs> Baffling researchers continues with the Oreos. Um, Now, I'm interested in this, the map of America. I always love to to look at these. And you guys do this uh, pretty frequently on the takeout where it's like, where are people buying this and where can you get that food wise? Yeah. And uh, we, 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 uh, us here in the Midwest, we are not, we don't look pretty, pretty good when it comes (laughs) to Easter candy. That's right. Uh, Explain this to everybody.
2: Yeah, so um, a lot of people use Instacart to get their groceries delivered. Um, For those who've never used it, it's basically an app that sends a third-party shopper to the grocery store for you, and they get everything on your list, and they deliver it to your house. Instacart has data on what Easter candies people buy the most in each state uh, through Instacart. So it's not going to account for all the grocery shopping that America does, but it's it's a representative sample of what a heck of a lot of Americans are buying. Sure. And so they determined which Easter candies are being purchased the most uniquely um, – in, in the most uniquely high volume in each state. For most states in the country, the top purchased Easter candy is Reese's peanut butter eggs, which right. I which, love.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, which is correct. That yes, should be the top seller. <laughs>
2: objectively correct. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and a lot of states that didn't have peanut butter egg is the answer – had peanut butter cups like those little Easter colored mm-hmm. foil wrapped ones. Yeah. So that's like still acceptable, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Midwest states, including Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Wisconsin, or uh, Michigan, we all chose Starburst jelly beans, which oh, n- no. are fine. I like them. Yeah. But can you imagine opting for those over a Reese's peanut butter egg?
0: <laughs> Not in a million years. no. I no. can't, quite frankly. No, wow.
2: So I'm just I'm not I'm not pleased with my fellow Illinois residents right now.
0: Yeah, um, I, I mean, either I gotta say know. I'm frankly I'm now you do have the list of the ten most popular Easter candies mm-hmm. that were purchased through Instacart. You want to fly down that list real quick? And but as you yeah. mentioned, number one and justifiably so is the Reese's peanut butter egg, which is outstanding.
2: That's right. Yes. Just beneath that is the Kinder chocolate candy egg, which. It's not enough chocolate for my face, it's hollow, so mm-hmm. whatever. all out. Yep. Men's uh, Starburst Jelly Beans, then okay. uh, Hollow Milk Chocolate Bunny, then the Cadbury Cream Egg, Hershey's Milk Chocolate Eggs, yep. Hershey's Kisses, uh, the classic yellow marshmallow chick peeps, mm-hmm. um, Easter MMs, and Brock's Jelly Bird Eggs, which is just that classic jelly bean.
0: Classic jelly bean, yeah. Oh, well, those are, you know, I mean, there are things on there that I that I like more than others. Hey, by mm-hmm. the way, here's a little piece of trivia, Marnie, that I discovered at my last um, uh, uh, Zany's uh, podcast, live podcast show, mm-hmm. um, where we did some Easter trivia. Oh, fun. Do you know who the first celebrity to ever be turned into a milk chocolate bunny uh, <laughs> is?
2: Uh, do I get the decade as a hint? This, okay,
0: 2015 <laughs> Oh. So it's recent. So 2015, okay. the first celebrity to be turned into a chocolate bunny for Easter.
2: Uh, Who was popular in 2015? 2015. Um,
0: I, I'm going to have to give you a hint because it's a very strange choice. Yeah. And he, and this person is not necessarily, I don't think, I never really thought about this, associated with bunnies in any way. Okay. Nor, ch- nor, nor chocolate, for that matter. Uh, I don't uh-huh. think. Huh. Um... But he he is British. Okay. Uh, the year before last, he was nominated for best actor, but didn't win because uh, the guy who won slapped the shit out of uh, Chris Rock. <laughs> okay. Uh, but he was nominated that year. This actor uh-huh. that I'm talking about, British, and his last name sounds very similar to something that a man would wear while having a tuxedo on. Uh, uh,
2: <laughs> wait a minute. Uh, a cummerbund? Uh, uh-huh. Uh, what?
0: what yeah. Uh, Benedict Cumberbund. Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch. There it is. Yes.
2: <laughs> Why was he turned into a chocolate I bunny? I don't
0: know the details. All I had were these lists of trivia questions about Easter that I was asking the audience in for for them to win prizes. Wow. And I don't know. I actually didn't even do the research because I was like, oh, I'm just going to do it. I'm, I wanted to do it cold. So I, I reacted with the audience the same way at the answers. Yeah. And so right. I was like, wait a minute. What? So Benedict Cumberbatch in 2015 was the first celebrity, I guess, of note, to be turned into a chocolate bunny um, and sold. What an honor. Now, I don't know. Now, it was, it was, am I wrong? Was, was Benedict Cumberbatch a doctor? Was he in Doctor Who? Was he a doctor? He was Oh, wasn't. gosh. No, he wasn't. You're he was not Sherlock asking Holmes. the right person. He was Sherlock Holmes. He was Sherlock Holmes. And I, and I don't know what bunnies have to. I'm trying to figure out if there is something that he did. Maybe uh, you know, maybe a, a subscriber or a listener knows.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm thinking holiday wise, he's a Christmas guy because he was the voice of that new Grinch movie.
0: Exactly. He was the Vin, He was the Grinch. He was Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Um. Uh. He was. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where the. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the bunny comes in, but Benedict Cumberbatch— maybe the people at the chocolate place who made these bunnies were big fans of Benedict Cumberbatch. I don't know. Or maybe he he's fans of them. He's Doctor Strange, right? Does he turn people into rabbits when he's Doctor Strange? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. I don't know. So huh. let's let's think on that for a month and see if we come up with anything. Um, we'll do. But anyway, I thought I'd throw that piece of trivia at you. The first chocolate actor c- celebrity bunny was Benedict Cumberbatch.
2: <laughs> I'm going to so tell that. everyone I know.
0: Please do. You'll be a hit. <laughs> at, you'll be a hit at parties, Marty. Yeah. I mean, they're going to love you now. Um, all right. Buffalo Wild Wings. I want to get this one in before we do our taste test. Buffalo sure. Wild Wings, what's the story there?
2: Well, uh, they're being sued um <laughs> because their Buffalo, their boneless wings um are not wings. Um <laughs> the, the question comes down to naming and what the name of a product instills in customers as the expectation of what they'll receive. Um and so someone did bring a lawsuit. Uh, God. <laughs> so it, it kind of, you know, went viral a little bit because everybody eats Buffalo Wild Wings. You know, it's a very popular chain. Yep. And the claim is that Boneless Wings, and I, I, I kind of see the validity of the argument, maybe not in the context of a massive lawsuit, but um, the claim is that the name Boneless Wings makes customers think that it's going to be the meat of a, Deboned chicken wing, and that's actually not what it is. It's um slices of chicken breast meat deep fried like wings, right? So, mm. so you're kind of getting, you're basically getting nuggets that they refuse to call nuggets. Right. <laughs> and right. so, you know, maybe some people who expect the the wing meat specifically are getting like, you know, something that they didn't ask for. Um, but Buffalo Wild Wings is very not worried about this at all. Uh, of course, <laughs> light, they treat it tweeted. It's true. Our bones wings yeah. are all white meat chicken. Our hamburgers contain no ham. Our buffalo wings are 0% <laughs> buffalo. So they're trying to make it seem like, okay, right. well, yeah, it's it's a misnomer, but so right. is a lot of stuff that we eat.
0: I would also like to point out that this was filed by somebody from Chicago, this lawsuit. Yeah. So I, and, and, and again, isn't it enough that we only buy jelly beans, Starburst jelly beans, and now we have to be associated with this lawsuit?
2: <laughs> yeah. And by the way, jelly beans contain no bean.
0: <laughs> that's right. There are no beans in jelly beans. Ridiculous. All right. Well, I'm glad Buffalo Wild Wings has a good sense of humor about it. But mm-hmm. if you literally go into a Buffalo Wild Wings and get the boneless chicken wings and expect wings, you're an idiot. That's that. <laughs> that I believe is the is what we've. Well, we'll
2: from. see what the courts decide, right? You no, know, that's
0: true. That's absolutely true. We could. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, those are some of the latest stories. And uh, what are you guys working on? Is there stuff that you're working on now that we can see over the next like week or, or a couple of days? Besides the fantastic Cadbury Cream Egg story. <laughs>
2: Well, that's next up. And that's uh, next yeah, up. just getting over that Easter hump, talking about the final throws of Easter candy. Um, the Masters is this weekend, and we have a lot of stories about the famous foods at the Masters tournament. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, from yeah. there, it's just Memorial Day weekend barbecue stuff all up and down.
0: And that's what we'll jump into the next time you're with us. But let's do our mm-hmm. taste test, okay? Sure. And, and right back into the Easter holidays, we have some peeps. Some, uh, some regular marshmallow peeps that have special flavors. Would you want to? Which, what would you like to start out with?
2: Let's start out with the sour watermelons, since I have already had the great pleasure of eating those, and you have not. So have not. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Okay. Although I am sorry in advance if it totally wrecks your palate for the rest of them.
0: Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, here, here we go. And, uh, and they're green, and they look like peeps. And, uh, oh, they're, they're very gooey.
2: And they're uh, pink inside.
0: They're pink in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Sour. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, I like them. Right? Yeah. They're really good.
2: Now, yeah. the strange thing about them is the sour flavor is not in the marshmallow at all. It's just in the powder, mm-hmm. but it makes a big difference.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's good. It's yeah. Good. And you're right. It's basically just sort of a marshmallowy sweet candy, but it's got that. But all the sour watermelon flavor are the, is, the, uh, is the crinkly coating on the outside.
2: Right, and that's but plenty.
0: I, <laughs> that's absolutely plenty. I'm, um, I'm getting a sugar rush already. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I have nine of these left. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with them all. But I
2: know. Go. Sorry in advance for all <laughs> the leftovers you're going to have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Now we're going to try stuff together. Yes. All right, what do you want to try? What would you like to try next? Uh, by the way, I'm uh, a thumbs up on the sour watermelon peep. Oh,
2: good, good. Um, nice. I cannot wait any longer f- to try the Dr. Pepper right. peeps. I've been waiting for weeks. Me too. So me I've got to tear one off here. Let's All see.
0: Right.
2: Get. I can smell the Dr. Pepper smell.
0: Okay. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. All right, hang on. All right, now this one is not, this, this peep is white, not pink. Inside, not, yeah. Because it's not watermelon, that's why. Mm-hmm. All right, are we ready?
2: We're ready.
0: All right, here we go. Well, that's Dr. Pepper.
2: That is Dr. Pepper. Yeah. That's so impressive because you know, Dr. Pepper's not a simple flavor. You know, it's got they always brag about what their 23 flavors, and I feel like this captures all of them.
0: Man. Yeah. You know, and as a um a huge fan of Dr. Pepper, mm-hmm. I'm incredibly impressed by this.
2: Yeah, that's that's really oh – I, I wish good. this had been around for several years instead of just this year.
0: Man, oh, man. Wow. Okay, I know exactly where these nine are going, right in my belly.
2: Same. Yeah, these are not going to be leftovers to man. go stale.
0: Very good. Um, wow. and, and, and I gave up caffeine, I think I told you this, mm-hmm. many years ago. And the one thing, the biggest thing that I miss uh, not consuming caffeine is Dr. Pepper. And everybody's like, well, why don't you just get the caffeine-free, Dr. Pepper, because it doesn't taste the same.
2: Yeah, it doesn't.
0: But, man, this is just giving me my Dr. Pepper Jones a a, a good fix.
2: <laughs> You're going to have to stock up on these before I'm gonna, Sunday.
0: I'm going to have to go back to the Walmart there on diversity and get about 1,500 of these things. Man, oh, man. Wow. Dr. Pepper flavored peeps, a huge thumbs up.
2: Huge thumbs up. That's like a real technical marvel.
0: I agree. Man, oh, man. we get these. Let's send some of these over to the scientists at MIT and have them figure <laughs> out why they're so good.
2: I don't want to give them up.
0: <laughs> no, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. No. Oh, that's good. So so far, uh two for two in the peeps yeah. department. Well, let's we, see we, if
2: we can continue our track record there with the hot tamales.
0: Hot tamales. There we
2: go. Fierce cinnamon peeps.
0: Okay. And these are pink on the inside as well. Interesting. So all right. All right. Hot okay. Hmm. Oh man. Okay.
2: Hmm. I mean, hmm. Do you get any kick from them?
0: Not, a, no, but it does taste. I mean, here's the thing the name hot tamale
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, in general for that candy is not an accurate name. You're right. They're cinnamon. And yeah. And whenever I've had hot tamales, you know, people are like, oh, how can you eat that stuff? It's hot. And it's not hot, it's just cinnamon flavored candy. Yeah. So for people who get these and think just because the word hot is in there and there's a flame on the box. <laughs> right. Hot tamales, the cinnamon candies are not hot. They're just very cinnamony.
2: I guess I just wanted a little more intensity from this one. I gotcha. But I like the flavor a whole lot.
0: No, it's good. It's tasty. Yeah. It's not as good as the Dr. Pepper or the or the sour watermelon. And yeah. especially not as good as the Dr. Pepper. Let me just say that again.
2: <laughs> Nothing can beat it. That's Nothing, the one to beat. That's
0: it. Of the three that we've just tried, the Dr. Pepper Peeps, I like all three of them. I think all mm-hmm. three of them are tasty. Yeah. And I think they're lovely additions to your Easter candies. But for me, the far and away winner is Dr. Pepper.
2: Yeah, and it's got that beautiful maroon color, too. It's going to be like a classy right. Easter basket.
0: That's right. You're going to class up the joint. <laughs> All right. Shall we try these? Oh man, this one I don't know about. No.
2: I don't know either. Um, but they're here, right? So yeah. we have no so choice.
0: Chick and bunny shaped gummies. I, I, we should find out if any of these are shaped like dongs. When we uh...
2: <laughs> luckily, I don't think that uh, the Peeps candy company would allow for such debauchery. No
0: dongs. Okay. No
2: dongs. I'm a little. Dis- <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. Now there's three different. There's different colors here. They're yellow. They're blue, and they're they're all and they're pink and very.
2: But. All marshmallow flavored. All marshmallow and flavored. So. I'm not I haven't tasted it yet, but oh man, give that a smell and you will
0: Oh my ugh. God. Oh my god. Okay. All right, here we go. Okay. Gummies. Oh no. Uh, oh no. 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 Nope.
2: Well, it's a very successful marshmallow flavored gummy, which yeah. is to say that it is terrible and I don't ever want to eat it again.
0: Okay, I just spit that out.
2: Yeah, that's oh. wildly um, what I was expecting, but somehow so much worse. So much worse. Oof.
0: So you know what I need? I need a Dr. Pepper peep right now in order to get that.
2: <laughs> a palate-cleansing peep.
0: Because a... <laughs> you know what? I think peeps. I think palate cleanser. <laughs> wow. All right, so ultimately the gummies, the peep gummies are terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, the hot tamales are g- good. Yep sour uh, uh the sour um uh watermelon flavored peeps are are very good but the doctor pepper peeps are the go to that's 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 a keeper
2: i if they don't bring these back next year i will uh stage a protest this I'm with is you. incredible and i'm I so am- glad that i own eight more uh, nine more peeps in that. Yeah, box. well,
0: yeah. There's going to be about zero left when i when mm-hmm. we're done recording. I'm just telling you. Incredible
2: that right. stuff.
0: So, oh, uh, that was great. And, and thank you for suggesting that. I enjoyed buying them at wall, at the at the Walmart, and <laughs> mm-hmm. I will enjoy eating the rest of these and throwing the gummies out.
2: Same here. Okay.
0: All right, Marty. Always a pleasure. You're the best, and we will talk again uh, in uh, in May. All right. And uh, and by the way, really quick, mortified May fourth at the music box.
2: Yes, Star Wars themed. The Star Wars.
0: Yeah. Are Mm -hmm. you doing a piece?
2: No, but I am um, working with some people who are presenting, and it's going to be good.
0: I bet. Okay. May 4th. And Mortified again, really quickly for people who might not know what it is.
2: Yeah. It's a live stage show where adults read the stuff that they created as adolescents, whether it's diaries or art projects or anything else. They perform it on stage and share the shame with
0: all of us. Uh, MortifiedChicago.com. Is that the website? Yes? Yep. GetMortified.com.
2: Mortified.com. Yeah, yeah, and there are tickets available through WBEZ.
0: Okay, there you go. WBEZ, check it out, getmortified.com, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. It's Star Wars, and it's a Star Wars-themed mortified show at the Beautiful Music Box Theater. Uh, Marnie, I I, I think you're the best. You know that. See some more horror movies, and we'll eat some more food in between then, and we'll talk next time.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Nick. This was great.
0: Okay, Marnie. Take care. You too. There you go. This is Marnie. She's the best. Marnie, sure. Check out the takeout, thetakeout.com. And by the way, um, the, the flavor peeps pretty good, but that's Dr. Pepper peeps. Oh, that's the winner. All right. Here's another winner. Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esmeralda. I'm talking about that Esmer- Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esmeralda.
1: Yeah, yeah, Esmeralda Leon. Yeah, yeah, get yourself some asthma.
0: love me some Esma. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah, Esmeralda. There it is. Esmeralda,
1: Esmeralda.
0: The theme we've all been waiting for, Esmeralda Leon's theme, which means it's time to say hello to Esmeralda Leon. Hi, Esmeralda.
1: Hello. How are you? I'm good. How all are right. you doing? I'm all right.
0: Got anything planned for the for the Easter weekend?
1: I'm gonna see my parents doing the Easter on thing Sunday. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, got the got big dinner going on, hams and stuff.
1: Um, I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think they're coming here to the city, so oh, we'll okay. figure it out. I guess.
0: All right, we'll figure it out. All right, well, uh, have a have a lovely Easter weekend.
1: Well, thank you.
0: I'm going to be uh spending we're we're doing the Easter thing on Saturday uh at my folks. Mm-hmm. Um my dad, you know, uh works every Sunday at Jewel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh so uh, he'll be working on Easter Sunday, so we're going to do the you know the the Easter thing. We, you know, Easter's not a big we talked about this at the live podcast, the last live podcast. Yeah, yeah. Easter's not yeah. Easter's not really a huge like thing. So my mom is making a ham. So we're gonna eat ham on Saturday, and that's, well, that's pretty nice. much that's the only difference between the regular Saturdays that we have, except right. there's gonna be a ham. Is ham?
1: Ham <laughs> is the only difference,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, but it's funny because like Sunday, Easter Sunday, uh, I will be spending Easter Sunday with Doctor Strangelove. They're showing Doctor Strangelove at the oh. film center, so I can't think of a better way to spend. Easter Sunday than to watch Dr. Strangelove.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So they've been doing this Perfect Easter movie. It is.
0: Lovely Easter movie. But they've been doing this uh, series. Uh, I'm going again uh, tonight. Uh, Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I went last night, if you're listening to it. Well, whatever. Anyway, I'm going tonight. They have been doing this series at the Film Center, the Gene Siskel Film Center, which is an incredible place to see movies, um, located um, right across the street from the Chicago Theater on State between mm. Lake, and, Lake and Randolph. It's fantastic. And it's the Gene Siskel Film Center. And they've been showing these movies. Uh, and the theme of the series is all in a day's work. So all the movies take place in 24 hours.
1: Interesting.
0: So they've been showing like, really like last night, I went to go see oh, uh, your boy. I went to go see 25th Hour last night.
1: Nice. Um, which nice. is one of my
0: favorite movies. Oh my God, that movie k- destroys me. Um, yeah, 35 millimeter, they had a beautiful print, saw that last night, so they were, they sh- they're showing, as part of the, you know, all in day's work, it's all 24, they sh- they showed Night on Earth, the Jim Jeremush movie, about cab drivers, mm-hmm. uh, High Noon, uh, Run Lola Run. Um, Very cool. My Dinner with Andre, and tonight I'm going to see one of my favorite movies of all time, Dog Day Afternoon.
1: Um, Very cool.
0: Yeah, so it's all the 24 hours. And and Dr. Strangelove falls into that category uh, of Mm -hmm. of all of the day's work. So Dr. Strangelove is the one that they're ending the series with on Sunday. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Doctor, Yeah, I like that. I like that concept.
0: Yeah, they do a lot of really cool programming at the Film Center, a lot of really cool programming. And, of course, our buddies at the Music Box, as you know, are doing the Cracker Jack Compass, the works of uh, Robert Zemeckis. Mm -hmm. And I will be there um, all week. Starts on the thirteenth and ends on the nineteenth. I'm there all seven nights. I'm going to be there, mm-hmm. uh, and in seven nights, I'm seeing twenty one movies.
1: Um, is that not normal? Well, <laughs> for you, not, not for <laughs> no, I
0: was going to say for a normal human being, no, it's not normal for a regular human. But for me, it's, it, it, it is. But That's especially just, if, what a especially it's just if, a week if, if it involves Robert Zemeckis. It's you know, I mean, I have to. I mean, he's my favorite, and um.
1: Of course, yeah.
0: So I'm hoping to see you on the 14th, Esmeralda, because they're showing Who Framed Roger Rabbit in 35. Um, yeah, Fr- maybe Friday the 14th. Um, that's when they're when they're showing Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So it's going to be ridiculous. But they're showing all three Back to the Futures. They're showing mm-hmm. Contact and Castaway. They're showing Ally. They're showing Welcome to Marwin. They're showing I Want to Hold Your Hand 1941. Although he didn't direct it, he wrote it. Um, you know, uh, uh, Romancing the Stone. It's just ridiculous so um goodness yeah so it's gonna be great anyway but yeah so easter sunday you'll be uh hanging out with your folks they'll be in town and i will be in mm-hmm. a in a movie theater watching the world end in dr strange Oh, well there you go
1: <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: there you go so uh that's what's and, and everybody will be yeah,
1: man, yeah, yeah.
0: now i'll tell you yeah, man, yeah. you know what's the most exciting part of this weekend though
1: uh, esmeralda what's that
0: saturday night because mm-hmm. Molly Shannon is hosting Saturday Night Live.
1: Oh, nice! And good it's for only, her.
0: It's only her second time, if you can believe that. It's only her second time hosting. The last time she hosted was back in 2007. Oh wow! Um, so it's she it's hasn't hosted since then. And I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm good, I'm seriously, I can't even explain to you how excited I am. Um, yeah, she's my favorite cast member ever. I love her. And I'm so excited. And I know she's got to do Sally O'Malley. She's got to do, I'm 50. The weird thing is that uh, Molly Shannon, I believe, just turned 60 or is approaching 60.
1: Mm-hmm. So maybe so, she's going to change <laughs> Sally it's O'Malley. It's a bit of, of some acting.
0: She'll be like, maybe she's like, I'm 60. Maybe she'll do, I'm 60 years old. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Um. But, you know, and she's got to do Mary Catherine Gallagher. I mean, she has to. And Yeah,
1: she has to do the hits.
0: Got to do the joyologist. I'm just going to be crying. It's going to be so great. So anyway, um, so that's, that's the big, that's, for me, that's the big part of the weekend. I don't care about Easter. Very nice. But <laughs> Molly Shannon is hosting Saturday Night Live. So that's, that's nice. a very exciting thing. Oh, wait a minute.
1: Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love hi. Nick's show. Care, hi, Carrie. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's
2: show.
0: Hey, um, have you heard about, uh, her new, uh, her new, uh, series? Carrie Russell's new series?
1: Uh, I think so. It's called The Is Diplomat.
0: It... It's on Netflix.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, and I've, it's... I've seen, I think I saw a oh, trailer for it, yeah. Man, it
0: looks so goddamn good. And it's, uh, and she plays the, you know, a diplomat, obviously, because it's called The Diplomat. And the trailer mm-hmm. looks, the trailer looks unbelievable. So, uh that debuts uh, the 21st April 21st. And I'm not sure cuz um Dan Feinberg is my next guest on Tuesday. Mhm. And I don't know whether he will have seen it yet cuz he gets to see stuff early. Yeah. So we'll find out we'll find out on Tuesday whether Dan has seen um the uh the diplomat. Hi, yet. I'm Carrie Russell I, yeah. yes, I,
1: I love Nick's show. Uh, all right. And what what are you going to what what's the how will you take it if he doesn't like it?
0: Uh well, I, I you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't he he wasn't a big fan of the Molly Shannon um uh, uh, uh Vanessa Bear show mm-hmm. that was on Showtime. He wasn't a big fan yeah. of that. And but that I don't care. Because that was Molly Shannon <laughs> and Vanessa Bear. So I loved it. Uh but it won't get a second season, which made me 'Cause I was the only one watching mm. it essentially. <laughs> I was the only one watching it. But uh yeah. But anyway, so the diplomat, a couple of weeks on Netflix, you can you can see uh the woman who lives on my back porch in a show. Oh, very nice. Yeah, she was away for yes. she was away, she was away for about a week. I didn't know where she was. I guess she
1: just filmed the entire series in a week and came back. I mean, she's efficient. She's efficient. She's she doesn't real. like to be away for too long. So, you know, a week is like whew.
0: Yeah, she was gone. I was like, "What is? She must have gotten a big job." And yeah, she did, much bigger than uh, Cocaine Bear. So yeah. Anyway, um, uh, we do have a Good magic microphone her. that I'm going to get to in a second, but I do have an email now. You know, the last episode, uh, Ezra, well, that we did, mm-hmm. uh, you were you were not with us on that episode because it mm-hmm. was a fourth. It was a for the people episode, which mm-hmm. is yep. Herb Weisbaum and uh, Tom Appel. And during the conversation with Tom Appel. Somehow we were talking about like our first crushes. Okay, and Tom and I are, are around the same age. We are almost exactly the same age, and um, so we were talking about like our celebrity crushes. And he didn't know who Haley Mills was, and I was kind of really? shocked by that. Yeah, he's like, I'm not familiar with Haley Mills. I'm like, what? Huh. How can you? How can you be a man in your late fifties and not know who Amy H- Haley Mills was? I mean, I don't
1: know. I don't know her in anything other than The Parent Trap.
0: Yes, which is the legendary thing, which obviously was was remade with The Lohan um, Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. later. But the original Parent Trap, uh, she did a series of Disney movies in the late 60s and early 70s, and that's when I saw her and fell in love with her. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't really familiar. But then I mentioned, and I couldn't think the name of it, and the reason I bring this up is because I had an email for it. And before I read the email, maybe you'll know the name. Because she was on Save by the Bell before it became Save by the Bell.
1: Oh, she was, yeah. She was the teacher.
0: Right. Now do you remember the name of the show? Because I couldn't think of it and Tom didn't.
1: Um, I for- oh.
0: Now I have the, the yeah. that's what this that's what this email's about that I'm gonna read.
1: Yeah, I forget what it was called. Okay, well yeah, I wanna wanted... essentially turned into Right Saved She by was the Bell, on the yeah. very
0: first on the very first season, she was the focal point of the show and i remembered it was named after her character and it's called and, and i want to thank anthony anthony sent this email mm-hmm. and it's called, it was called good morning miss bliss
1: Oh, there you go that's and what it the, was well, called. the the difference too was they were i think they were in like junior high yeah and then it evolved then the the act the series that we all know from the early 90s that was high school cuz that right. seemed more and they were younger they were they, younger and, and, so they and, looked they looked junior high
0: And if I remember correctly, because I never watched the show. Not even, like, we're going to talk about movies that are so bad they're hilarious. And I know a Mm -hmm. lot of people watched Saved by the Bell, people around my age. Like, I live with my friend Scott Oaken. I live with him, and he watched it all the time, ironically. You know, like, he'd Mm -hmm. watch it and laugh. And I couldn't even do that. But um, I understand when she left the show, that's when they focused on Zach, and they were the main characters, Zach and Slater and all those guys. Right. But it was called Good Morning, Miss Bliss, according to Anthony. And he says, "Hey Nick, how's it going, dude? Uh just listened to your show from today. I love your show. I listened to it I listened to it at work to drown out all the morons and idiots I work with. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> just to let you know that the original title of Saved by the Bell was Good Morning, Miss Bliss. That's what you couldn't think of. Mm-hmm. So, I want to thank Anthony. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think of the mm-hmm. name of it, and Tom uh, was no help because, you know, you does not know who, who Haley, Haley Bell Mills was. <laughs> Hayley Haley Mills. So but anyway, uh so that was that was so thank you for that. Um but yeah, did you now you watched Save by the Bell, did you not? Or
1: uh yes. Yeah. Not really, not really the good morning, Miss Bliss. I remember seeing it. Yeah. But not like invested in it whatsoever, watching episodes or anything.
0: Yeah, that's why I think they changed it. I think that was like, well, why do we have a middle-aged woman as the star of the show yeah. when
1: we should have kids? It was a kid's show, too. Like, it made really no sense to have her the main and, focus. And
0: what was the the, 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 the the only adult on the show, the guy, the, like the principal, Mr. Dipshit or whatever his name was? I can't remember his uh, name. But- Belding. Well, okay. So he was like on Mr. the show. And, and wasn't he also like when they went to college, wasn't he inexplicably in that as well? Like when they did the he college year? He
1: might have been. <laughs> um I'm not sure though, but he was not he was not in any way the focal point. Right. He was just the one he was just there to be like the authority. Right. And you know hey, to, you
0: kids get away from your lockers or something, he exactly. would Exactly. Yeah. Like he
1: right. was the one having the punishments and blah yeah. blah blah. Like right.
0: Mr. Belding, um, that's
1: right, Mr. Belding, yeah.
0: that's right.
1: Okay, but yeah, thinking about it now, it's like, why would it be about the teacher? Like, who it was would, the first. I think what kids would care about,
0: especially that? kids like, like I mean, like that show was aimed at kids, mm-hmm. you know, at that time, like late eighties,
1: younger kids. Yeah, and Haley Mills
0: is like a little bit older than me. You know what I mean, and. Haley Mills is of my generation. Like when I was a kid is when when I was a I was like a, a young kid when Parent Trap came out. That's when I fell in love with her. And so to have her like the focal point of a Saturday morning kid show is really yeah, that's, weird.
1: That's an interesting. Like whoever whoever decided to do to do that, it's like, what was Yeah. I don't I I, I would like to see the connections that they were making. Like,
0: yeah. My and guess then the is person that-
1: who was like, yes. Let's do yeah.
0: this. <laughs> uh, my guess is people got fired. My guess is people got fired. And uh, oh. and that and it only lasted one season as Miss Bliss. And then it became, say, about the show that everybody... I mean, I'm
1: amazed doing. that it lasted that long.
0: Yeah. So I guess what the response... I guess the mail they were getting was like, we really like Zach and the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were like, well, let's just get rid of the old broad.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. And then they changed up a couple of people. But yeah, because they were in high school, they did look... Mind you, they looked older. They looked they cooler. Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, it's amazing where those kids went. Like after that <laughs> show, because Slater is now like Entertainment Tonight. Not Entertainment. But he's on one of those dumbass shows.
1: Uh, Extra.
0: Yeah, he's on one of those stupid shows, and he's got like a daytime talk show now. Um, uh, I don't know. He does. Uh, I think because my parents watch it. My dad's like, I like this guy. This kid. <laughs> Uh what's his name? I know him as Slater. What's his name? Mario, Mario Lopez Lo- Mar- Mario Lopez. My dad likes Mario yeah. Lopez. I like Mario Lopez. I'm like, okay, dad, thanks.
1: Oh, um Access Hollywood. Extra okay. doesn't exist anymore. Oh, okay.
0: All right. I don't know. They're all it's all like uh they're all kind of meld together. I don't know one from the other. Yeah. I, I, I just remember- like
1: that. I'm like, extra. It, yeah. Extra has not been around for at least three years now. I remember John Tesh.
0: <laughs> John Tesh was on entertainment tonight. Mm-hmm. And and I also remember that there was an episode of Seinfeld where Mary Hart's voice made uh Kramer go into convulsions. I just remember yes.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I recently saw that. I was in a I was eating I was in a uh just like a small taco place and they were just playing Seinfeld on T V. They're just showing Seinfeld in a taco joint. Yeah, and that was the that was the episode. Like Where I need to go to this
0: place. Was the taco were the tacos good? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man, good tacos and Seinfeld. I'm all over that shit. Are you kidding? <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, so I get confused, and so and then obviously, T- Tiffany Thiessen went on to other stuff, um, uh, successful stuff. She was on that. Remember that show that she was on with Peter Fessinelli called like Fast or Speed or Speedway or Fast Ass or mm. Fast Village or some shit. It was about you know it was like a Kind of like a, I think it was like a sort of a crime series, but about fast cars and shit. And she was in that. And then, of course, Elizabeth uh, Berkeley was in Showgirls. Elizabeth Berkeley was in Showgirls. Yes. And then Mark Paul Gosselaar has become like one of my favorite actors.
1: I love him. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he, a little later in the game, I would say, uh, broke out from his character. Because he was older by the time. Yeah. He actually got some roles, and he was doing things that weren't. He did, too, well, he like did. very teen related. Like yeah, after no, he did,
0: he, he get not. NYT, PD Blue, he he was right, NYT, but he PD was, Blue.
1: but he was like older by then. Like he yeah. wasn't, he wasn't still Zach. curious, Yeah, but like I remember he'd been him... gone for a minute, and then he shows up, and we're like, what? He was <laughs> it's on a Zach.
0: show. He was on a show that only lasted one season. A show that I absolutely loved called Pitch. And it was about the first female Major League Baseball pitcher, the first woman to huh. ever pitch in the majors. And he was the catcher on the team. And oh. that show was phenomenal. I, and it only lasted one season. It was on Fox. And it only lasted one season. And I, you know, and by that point, I had warmed up to uh, Marc-Paul Glossier from other things Mm -hmm. that he did, but he's great on that show. And I know it's only, it's only one season. So maybe it's out there streaming somewhere, but the show was called pitch and it was like 2000. I want to say 2013, 2014 ish. Mm -hmm. And it only lasted one season. It was called pitch and it was great. And the concept was really cool about the first female uh, pitcher in the majors, man. It
1: was a great show and nobody watched it. (laughs) watched it, but he was great on that show. So he was, um, he was on, uh, Say by the Bell, the new mm-hmm. class, right? Which was them in college, I believe.
0: Right, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's what or no, no,
1: no. I'm sorry. Say by the Bell, the college years, right? And then I don't know what the hell the new class is. I
0: think in the new class, if I'm not, oh, mistaken, there was they, literally they were a new they class, were, and they were teachers. Yeah. I think, or the whoever st- stuck around. I don't think pa- Mark Paul Glossier was on. Was he on that? Because I think, yeah. Huh? Okay, so they were teachers. So like her him and Slater and all the other idiots were teachers and they had the new kids come in. So it was like you know what I mean, like switching the dyna- the dynamic.
1: Right. Um so that was the first time they did that and then they did it again recently. I think this time it's not as silly. Yeah, because it was always it always had that like very silly. I think they they might, and, and of then, course there was like the serious moments, but it was mainly like, huh? Right. I crashed my dad's car, right? Don't and then tell this, anybody. The serious
0: the serious one I remember if I remember correctly because I never watched Say by the Bell. Uh, I mean, I obviously I know of it because it seeped into pop culture so deeply, but I just remember there was an episode where Elizabeth Berkeley was like hooked on caffeine pills or something.
1: Uh, yeah, there was that one. <laughs> I think there was one where they were drunk driving, oh no, not like, okay. but not like to the point where it was like you have a problem. it was like one time, and right. so then it would never it could never exactly. really become anything it was like <laughs> it, was, it was
0: like those it was remember the sitcoms in the eighties, well, you were really young, but there were sitcoms in the eighties and stuff when they would have like the very special episode
1: exactly and there was well, like that's what these were too, yeah, these are yeah, yeah, the yeah, very yeah. special episodes like there was one where like
0: uh what, what was the goddamn show where um Tim Allen fixed shit and broke stuff. What the hell was that? Uh, oh, um. His wife all yelled at him and he, you know,
1: a home improvement. Yes. There yeah. Go.
0: So, so Tim Allen, I mean, the, the, basically the setup for that show was like, it was like, don't call a repairman. I'll fix the garbage disposal. And then it was up. Well, blows he had up. a show.
1: And then, yeah. He had a fix it show. Yeah. His show, right. His show was that. Yeah. He had a show within but the show. But he was not good at fixing things. Well, right, I mean, he was, was and then he wasn't. That was the he joke. He would fix, yeah, he would fix things, but he would always want to take it further. And right. that's when it, like, it went gonna haywire.
0: Put a, I'm going to put a new motor on the garbage disposal, you know what I mean? And then like it mm-hmm. would blow up and then like his wife would yell at him and he'd go out and talk to the guy with half a face uh, right the, by, the, by the fence. <laughs> but they had an episode, a very special episode where they found pot mm-hmm. in one of the kids' rooms. Wasn't one of those kids like a hunk? One of those kids, uh, he had three names, um- didn't he?
1: Uh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. That
0: kid, yeah. So I think it was the other kid who found whose pot it was.
1: Yeah, I think it brother. was. They never really, he was like the intellectual, that middle kid. He was like the smart ass intellectual. And yeah. then the older one was like a jockey kind of dum dum. Right. And then the young kid was like, he was very young. so was the just cute, the like, cute young kid.
0: Yeah. Oh, Dad, was, you blew it up was the lawnmower. Weird. You right.
1: Know. It was yeah. weird because at one point, like as the show kept going, because the other two I think left or whatever they weren't on as much, um the youngest, they would have to do these storylines where at one point he was goth. <laughs> 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 but like real got like stereotype goth, like he had the white makeup and he the <laughs> eyeliner and yeah, it was <laughs> oh man so there were more than one towards the end special (laughs) episode then
0: and remember you remember the episode where uh god i want to say it was gordon jump uh played like the weird pedophile that made arnold and his friend jump up and down on a bed with no shirt on on Mm -hmm. different strokes yeah that was that was a very i mean they had a
1: they had a lot of very special episodes because they had the one with the drugs Right. With, oh yeah, um, Nancy Reagan showed up. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. Anyway, all right. Well, Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Haley, and then you get they a recently, Haley yeah, they Haley recently
1: Mills. brought it back, but it actually it became again a thing to watch, like how you were watching it or your friend was watching it back in the day, because it was an on on Adult Swim for a minute. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, it and was they would it just was play watched. it. Yeah, no, no. People would get drunk and watch it. That's what my friend. Would yeah. do. He, he, yeah. He's my age. And he would get he'd go, man, say, by the bell. It's the stupidest goddamn show ever. Let's get drunk and watch it. And, you know, and that, and you watch it ironically, you know.
1: Yeah. yeah Which yeah. we're going
0: to talk about in a couple of seconds. But I have a. I want to get to the magic megaphone really quickly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and so we get requests for the magic megaphone again. If you have a request for the magic megaphone, a message you want me to say, a joke, a message, whatever. By the way, I actually refused one. Oh, wow. Because someone wanted me to say, Will you marry me? I'm just kidding. To someone. And I w- I'm not, I'm not. Gonna oh, say.
1: they had like a name on there? Yeah.
0: Yeah. They wanted me to say, <laughs> Will you marry me? And then say, Ha, I'm just like a pause and say, Ha, I'm just kidding. And I wouldn't do that. So I said, I mean, no.
1: you should have done it. And then we could have been like, So and so, you should probably leave.
0: <laughs> right. You should leave this person. Exactly. But I didn't do it. So here's the latest one, and I will play it. And you may, re- I think you'll recognize this, Esmeralda. hmm uh, And then I'll explain what it is, as I often do. You know, uh, this is Greg from Chicago sent in this Magic Megaphone request. And if you have a Magic Megaphone request of any kind, you know, nickdpodcast.gmail.com. Okay, here it is. Hold on. Here, here we go. That is one big pile of shit. That is one big pile of shit.
1: So, that is one big pile of shit.
0: Now, do you know? Do you know that that is?
1: Is that um? That is one big pile of shit. Is that from that- Jurassic Park? <laughs> yes, it is. That's it. Is it Jeff Goldblum?
0: <laughs> yes, it is. I knew you'd. Know, I knew you'd know that one. I knew you. I
1: well, I recognized the voice, and then I just you know I deduced what movie could. Yes,
0: happen.
1: and that is that is Greg's favorite line.
0: From Jurassic Park. that is one big pile of shit. So that's that's what it is. <laughs> they come across a big giant pile of dinosaur shit, and that's what he says. So that was a request from Greg. That was his favorite line from mm. Jurassic Park. And oddly, that's how I describe Jurassic Park to people. Oh, well there you go. See, <laughs> that's look a, at that. People look say that what, did you, what did you think of Jurassic Park, Nick? Uh well. That is one big pile of shit. Yeah, that's how I described her. (laughs) So anyway, so that, and I, and, you know, he requested that and, and, and instead of me saying it, I thought, you know, you can't, I can't duplicate Jeff Goldblum. Nobody can. So anyway, oh, you know, actually, you know who can? Josh Robert Thompson can. Mm,
1: Uh, Yes, he can. He
0: does a a, a magnificent uh, Jeff Goldblum. So anyway. All right. Um, So we were talking about like watching, um, You know, Saved by the Bell, ironically, and laughing at it, because you know it's bad, Mm -hmm. but you'll watch it. And I wanted to talk to you about maybe some of your favorite terrible movies that are awesome to watch because they're so bad. And the reason why is because I saw a movie uh, last week, and since you were not on on Tuesday, and we did the Four of the People, I wasn't able to talk to you about it, so I wanted to talk to you. And it was called Spinning Gold. Mm -hmm. It's a brand new movie. It's in theaters now. And it's about the creation of Casablanca Records, which is the most successful independent record label in the history of music. And in the late 70s, they were selling millions and millions of records and making a ton of money. They had village people and they were right on the big cusp of disco. Uh, They had Mm -hmm. Donna Summer and they also had Kiss was on their label. Ah. So in the late 70s, oh my God, in that era, Casablanca was the biggest label and they were the most successful independent label. And the movie is about the creation of Casablanca Records and the guy who ran it named Neil Bogart. And the movie is written and directed by Neil Bogart's son. Okay. And it is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. But it's one of those movies that's so bad that I'm telling you, I would not be surprised if five to ten years from now, people will be watching it on Fridays or Saturday nights at movie theaters, like the music box at midnight, like they watch yeah. the room, you know, like you go see the room yeah, because yeah. it's so fucking bad. This movie I'm telling you is hilariously awful. Like jaw drop so bad. It's fucking hilarious. I laughed my ass off through the, it's two hours and 20 minutes long. And I saw it at the Rosemont, the, the AMC in Rosemont. And it was me and one other guy in the theater. And I started laughing about five minutes in and then I kind of look over at the guy because I wanted to make sure I didn't, you know, I didn't want to laugh out loud because if this guy was liking the movie, I didn't want to be a dick. Mm-hmm. And then like 15 minutes, I hear him go <laughs> and start laughing. And so we look at each other and just the two of us were laughing our asses off during the entire movie. It's unbelievably bad. It's so bad. Like they've got the, the I'll give you a quick, a quick example. Asmerela. I'll give you some examples. they, mm-hmm. Did not use the actual music, like the recordings by Donna Summer or by Kiss or by, you know, um, uh, Bill Withers or by the Isley Brothers uh, or the other people. They did like karaoke versions where they had the actors sing the songs. Oh, no. The lead actor is a guy named Jeremy, uh, uh well, shit, I forgot his name. Jordan. Is it Jordan? Yeah, Jeremy Jordan. Uh, worst, worst lead performance I've seen any human give in probably 25 years. And he plays <laughs> Neil Bogart. It is one of the worst performances. Everything about this movie, he, uh, 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 the wigs are bad, the mustaches are bad, um, the costumes are ridiculous. It was all financed by the Bogart family, so it was all horseshit. It's all lies. It's even more historically inaccurate than Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, boy. It's so bad that they could not get the rights to the actual real makeup designs that kiss uses. So the makeup is wrong. <laughs> wow. I'm not kidding. They, that's, in, wow. In the first scene in the movie, it's the one of the first scenes in the movie is like when they launch kiss at a party and mm-hmm. they show kiss. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's not, that's not. Cause I used to be a kiss maniac when I was a kid. And, and, yeah. I'm like, that's not the right. And the makeup is wrong because they could not get the rights. Kiss would not give them the rights to use the makeup. So the makeup is
1: is wrong. Now, uh, do you think that's because he didn't like they ended on a bad note? Uh,
0: my guess is yes. And by the way, I don't know. I mean, the guys who play Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley in this movie are, I mean, again, uproariously miscast and horrible and bad. And I don't know what if they've if the real the guys from Kiss like Gene and Paul have made statements about this movie, but I'm certain mm. that they are going to try and distance themselves or trash this thing as much as possible. Here's how bad it is in in more than one scene. Esmeralda, uh, Neil, Neil Bogart was very very white, and there mm-hmm. are scenes in this movie like he basically uh, teaches Gladys Knight how to sing, and rewrites. Midnight Train to Georgia, according to this movie. <laughs> he, he, he makes Bill Withers more soulful with his notes.
1: Oh, sure.
0: He's, the, he's <laughs> the white guy responsible for making the Isley Brothers funky. And I'm not kidding. This is, the, this is the shit that they assert to be fact in the movie. It's unbelievable. And there are musical numbers. Like It ends with a musical number, like a fake musical number. It is so bad and so poorly acted on every level that it is one of these movies, like The Room. It's like Plan 9 from Outer Space bad. I'm not kidding. It's like that level of ineptitude, bad acting on every level that you can't help but laugh your ass off while you're watching
1: I'm amazed that they were able to even get the Kiss name. Well, Casablanca, I don't
0: know what the deal is. I mean, Casablanca, I believe, you know had still had a certain amount of rights because they were... They were sold to Polygram at one point, and that's mentioned at the mm-hmm. end of the movie. They were sold for like $5 billion or some shit. I don't know. But I know that like Casablanca has a certain amount of rights to things. Like They have rights to the music, but they don't have rights to the actual performances. So they can do versions of the songs, but they can't play the <laughs> real version. So it's not Kiss. When you hear Kiss, it's the actors. You know what I mean? It's not uh, uh, the village people. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. bad karaoke versions because they couldn't get the rights to play the actual versions of the songs. Yikes. It's so bad, Esmeralda. I laugh my ass. And by the way, um uh, uh uh Jay Farrow is in this movie, Chris Red is in this movie, um, and Michael Ian Black, and I'm convinced and Michael Ian Black, by the way, plays Kiss's manager in the movie mm-hmm. with the worst mustache, fake mustache, and hair I've ever seen. Um <laughs> And I'm convinced that those three guys are are playing it like they're in an episode of drunk history. You know what I mean? Like it's like (laughs) they read the script and said, let's just do drunk history. And I'm especially Michael Ian Black, because Michael Ian Black has been in like 25 episodes of drunk history. Mm -hmm. And he plays it exactly like he would play it if he were in drunk history. I'm telling you, this movie, Spinning Gold, I actually when I reviewed because I reviewed it on Cochrane Show, Mm -hmm. I said, People, you should see this. But go with a big group. And have a bunch of cocktails beforehand because it's so bad, it's absolutely fucking uproariously hilarious. And then that got me to thinking about other movies that are so bad that they're funny. Now, do you have any that that like of your favorites that movies that are so awful that they're hilarious? Do you have some that that you've watched?
1: Um, so I actually just saw it again recently, and I had to stop and watch it because I was like, "This is just terrible." Yeah, uh, which. Speaking of Saved by the Bell, Showgirls.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. That's a classic. That's, that's exactly what we're talking <laughs>
1: that about. That movie is just truly off. Like, just watching just the dialogue. Yeah. And the little, um, just that storyline. And then Elizabeth Berkeley's acting is just so okay. bad. We're all <laughs> so bad.
0: No, that's exactly the kind of movie I'm talking about. And And, and seriously, Spinning Gold is on that level. It's showgirls yeah. level. I'm not kidding. It's showgirls level. I, we, we, uh, my friends and I used to watch um, the. <laughs> we used to watch the two movies that starred Lufer Ferrigno as Hercules. Mm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: They're the. I'm telling you, they're the, they're the funniest goddamn movies you'll ever see. They were like uh, a, an Italian director directed them, so they're badly dubbed and hurt. You know, and obviously Lou Ferrigno's voice is dubbed, and it's like, and he talks like this. That's like the voice. <laughs> a curse on you. Uh, and and my friends and I would watch Hercules and Hercules Two. They were eighties. They came out in the eighties. Hercules came out mm-hmm. in eighty three, and Hercules Two, I think, came out in eighty five. And the two Lou Ferrigno Hercules movies to me are like upper level hilarious bad. Yeah. Um, now there are some other ones that 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 because you, you watch a lot of your a lot of movies that you watch, you laugh at.
1: Correct. Yeah, a lot of move, and they're considered terrible. <laughs> Um. Uh, also, recently saw it again. Uh, Masters of the Universe.
0: Oh, Lou Ferrigno! No, no, no. That's uh, uh, no. uh Dolph Lundgren.
1: Dolph Lundgren, right? Yeah. And Franklin Frank- is... Yeah. <laughs> I was. We were actually we were watching uh the second GI Joe movie, and we were just like, "What is this even? Like, who are these people in it? And why is The Rock here?" Uh, <laughs> and I was just, I was commenting how like I wish they could, they would do a He-Man and I was like, wait a minute, they did do it. And it was amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 That was a, that, that was, was a, that was a golden Globus. That was a Canon movie.
1: Oh um, my God. But yeah. the, just the, that, that movie was no, aw. that's, a,
0: that's perfect. That's exactly. Um, You know, I mean, there are, there, God, there are so many, but I mean, for me, you know, the, the ultra bad movie of all time is fever pitch. Uh, not the one with Jimmy yeah, Fallon.
1: No, y- you, yes. I lent you that to turned you. turned us on to, yeah, yeah, you turned us on to Fever Pitch.
0: Fever Pitch is a movie that you can't find anywhere. It's with Ryan O'Neill from 1985, and he plays Steve Taggart, an undercover journalist who's trying to, I don't know, you know, uh, uh break the mold, you know, like break the bank on gambling. Like he's going to do. Yeah. and yeah. uh, It is literally the best worst movie of all time uh, uh uh that is one i've seen a million times it's i mean you've seen it it's unbelievable
1: mhm does he level. like he becomes a does he become an alcoholic
0: he he's an alcoholic and, Eventually. and yeah he's an alcoholic and a gambling. He, he's addicted to
1: gambling as well and then in the end, it just kind of turns into like a made-for-TV movie. At, at the end he's where fine. he's like, oh, yeah. and I fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, ah, oh, like okay. A, oh, it's
0: unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And in just the situation, I mean, it's seriously fever pitch, and it's it's very, very difficult if impossible to find. And it's not the British movie based on the Nick Hornby book, and it's not the American version of that with Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore about mm-hmm. the Boston Red Sox. This is about gambling with Ryan O'Neill. It is it is, I think the the best worst movie ever made, like the funniest worst movie of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus Christ! But I'm telling you, Aswara, if you're looking for just like to 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 goof off, "Spinning Gold," man, I'm telling you, it's so funny. <laughs> it is so funny.
1: Um, another one that I well, I I'm a big fan of. Um, there's a few '90s movies that okay uh, I really enjoy that are. Fairly terrible, um, and I think it's just because of the time that they came out in, okay, but they're not inherently bad in my opinion, like virtuosity,
0: oh no, that's a bad movie, yeah,
1: love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's russell is yeah but russell crowe is so good in it yeah
0: yeah he's the bad guy right and is, is, that, mm-hmm. is that denzel is that a, that's mm-hmm. denzel right oh russell crowe
1: denzel washington oh my god okay. um but it's just like it's it's i think it's bad because the technology quote-unquote that they're right. using and stuff is just right. so ridiculous well that's like watching now
0: have you when was the last time you ever see the lawnmower man uh i've seen bits and pieces with pierce brosneson and mm-hmm. Jeff Fahey, that was like a virtual reality. Oh my God. I remember it was cutting edge like in 91 or 92 when it came out.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> same and yeah. again another movie that i love i love 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 is hackers okay now <laughs> it's so silly it is ridiculous, but it's just silly like the the things that they're doing in it and then yeah. how they talk it's like okay
0: <laughs> yeah i actually I, that one i that's a guilty pleasure of mine that one i i uh and that's like early I angelina jolie uh she's great yeah uh, and isn't yeah, a yeah. Sick, sick boys in that too
1: right he is johnny oh, lee miller fucking a okay i believe that's where they they met and they got married
0: they did. They were married for that mm-hmm. time, weren't they?
1: Matthew Lillard is in it? That's
0: right. Yeah. Matthew Lillard. Holy crap.
1: Yeah, there's yeah, Hackers is one of my top films.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that.
1: Oh, it's so that. good. Yeah.
0: Well, I, now and then again we all know because you've told the stories about how you watched a lot of Comedy Central uh right. movies. Stuff like Repossessed and and the what was the fatal instinct? Uh, fatal, fatal instinct.
1: F- fatal instinct. <laughs> um, Armando Sante and Sean. Yes. Young. <laughs> uh Dracula Dead and Loving yeah. <laughs> It. <laughs> but mind you, I also I love I love a, a parody movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I will yeah. sit
1: there and watch
0: <laughs> Yeah. Well those are those fall into the category, yeah. Uh of of so bad they're good. I mean, where you just laugh your ass off at how bad it is yeah i, I
1: yeah. will sit there and i will if it's on i'm like and we're watching it <laughs> yeah
0: and this and you know like the, the he-man one is perfect it's really interesting because like this super mario brothers movie is a fucking nightmare this new one the animated oh, one Oh god, it's yeah. so so bad but not fun bad you know what i mean like yeah. the one with bob hoskins and john leguizamo is bad but funny you know what i mean
1: oh yes
0: like that it's yes. it's it's You know, it's bad. It's awful. And, you know, Dennis Hopper is the villain. It's ridiculous. It's terrible. But at least it's funny. This new animated one is with Chris Pratt and Anya Taylor Joy, for Christ's sake, does a voice in it. And uh, uh, Keenan Michael Key, Keegan Michael Key does a voice in it. It's
1: awful. Well, you know, paychecks. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. But it's like really, I mean, like not fun, bad like He Man or. You know, or right. the, the, the Super well, Mario Well, because they're Brothers.
1: serious. They're like, yeah. no, this is, we're making this Super Mario movie. Yeah. And it's going to be, and it's like, no, but you yeah. you don't realize that, like, Mario doesn't even have a damn accent. He is it, Italian. It's
0: <laughs> funny because, like, um, uh, a seven, uh, I have a friend who has a seven-year-old kid who saw the trailer for it and said mm. to him, as a seven-year-old, said to him, "Jeez, that looks really bad. And he's seven. <laughs> you know what i mean that's the target audience i mean the movie's pg and i've seen the movie it's it's aimed at young kids like this movie yeah. is for little kids and a seven-year-old saw the trailer even, and, set, yeah, and said yeah even little father, kids can yeah he's like man this this looks terrible <laughs>
1: See right through it
0: <laughs> when a seven-year-old becomes discerning about the movie you know you've made a bad one you know what yeah. i mean When when you can't reach a seven-year-old but yeah, but that one's fun. That one's bad, but not funny. But the other ones, but, but seriously, Esmeralda, uh, spinning gold, when it comes out on streaming, you and Colin get some booze and watch it. And, and I guarantee <laughs> oh you God. guys will laugh your asses off. It's so bad. And this lead, Jeremy um, uh, Jordan, mm. like he's Tommy Wiseau bad. You know what oh I mean? Boy. Like, from the room. He's that fucking bad in it. Like, yeah, breaking the fourth wall and winking at the camera and shit. It's, oh, mm-hmm. oh, it's so bad. So, anyway. All right. So, movies that are so bad. I got. I want to watch Virtuosity now. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen, oh seen it since God. it came out.
1: It, it's so good.
0: I remember I had. I wrote so a, terrible. That was when I was writing reviews for New City. And mm-hmm. I wrote a review of Virtuosity for New City at that time. I remember trashing it. That's the only thing I remember.
1: So I mean, uh, Russell Crowe does a very good job.
0: Yeah, Russell Crowe, by the way, who's opening in a movie called The Pope's Exorcist. I don't know if you've seen oh. the trailer. For- oh, I when think I when, have. Well, well, you should you should look up the trailer. The Pope's Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> the Pope's Exorcist. By the way, Russell Crowe made a cameo at WrestleMania. This is how far he's falling. Oh,
1: really? I did see that there was like a lot of people that were at WrestleMania. <laughs> well like they he, brought in they like had some a,
0: big names. They had a hell in the cell match, and a hell in the cell match is two wrestlers, they're locked in a cell. You can't get out. And mm-hmm. it's a it's a no it's a no disqualification. So you can smash people over the head with chairs and blades and smash their heads off of them. you're in a steel cage. And it's the hell, yeah. and they call it a hell in a cell. And so when they were introducing because it's it's, you know, WrestleMania every match gets like a big intro and everybody who makes their entrances, the entrances take 10 minutes. They have bands come out and shit. Cause it's WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. So Russell Crowe is on the jumbotron going in my new movie, the Pope's exorcist. <laughs> I deal with hell, you know, and he introduced the <gasps> wow. hell in the cell match. Russell. I mean,
1: he has, you know, <laughs> you got to do that cross promotion.
0: Oh, it was so funny. It was so funny. And like, you know, like, and at the bottom of the screen, like it says, this this is sponsored by the Pope's Exorcist. So you see the logo for the Pope's Exorcist during the match, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And one of the other matches was sponsored by uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and so they had a guy oh. they mm-hmm. had a guy dressed up like Cinnamon Toast Crunch on the side of the ring who got kicked. You know, and he was like a big wow. mascot. He
1: was like a big Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Crows- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, good for them. Uh, All this Crow. cross, like yeah. <laughs>
0: In the Pope, I they mean, like this is the guy who's won an Academy Award, and, uh, the Pope's exorcist. So, anyway, <laughs> all right, we got we got to taste some candy here. We got one candy yes. here now that we're going to taste Mexican candy,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: this looks like a tamale, but it's not.
1: Uh no, I I don't think so. No, it's just in the. It's in the. It's husk. in the. Yes, it's it's in the the way that you would see tamales. Right. Um. Which so is I've, fun because it is molded then to the husk, and that's how you usually when you see tamales, like you'll see the like they got the the creases and stuff from right, right in the husk. Now so I've this opened this up. So this is just up. tamarind. It's tamarind. <laughs> it's just again. tamarind candy, but you know, and it's wrapped. You gotta in You got to zhuzh it up by putting it. In it's a, wrapped in. It's uh, wrapped in a plastic.
0: In. It's wrapped in plastic like Laura Palmer. Um, yes. And here we go. Let's open it up. Now, again, these have been sitting around for a while.
1: <laughs> right. It's still, mine's still pretty pliable, though. It is.
0: Yeah. No, this is okay. The
1: tamarind is okay. But it's wrapped
0: Oops. in an actual corn husk, like a real
1: corn husk. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's let's... pretty crispy, but... <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's try this here. Mm-hmm. I have to, I
1: have to no, buy it's... a piece that's mm. not covered in plastic.
0: Mm. <laughs> I can't I it. just ripped mine open. It's good.
1: There's so it's much good. plastic. I can't
0: You can't get it open?
1: Is this plastic? Or is this
0: I got I mine open. I ripped is... mine open. And it's good. But it tastes like tamarind. It's good. It's, it's no. very it's got a nice sweet
1: ting to it. So this is again mm. tamarind's a huge candy. In I don't know if, if also in other Latin American countries, but in Mexico it's it's a big candy ingredient, so you mm-hmm. have to, you know, <laughs> you have to put it in different, um, in different things, different vessels to make it sell.
0: To make it sell differently,
1: yeah, because you know, I mean, you can do the classic. It's just a hunk of tamarind, but you know, and you, yeah, you put it in a little, in a little husk, a little corn husk. It. Well, it's nice to put
0: like that's that would be nice in a pinata to have a whole bunch of little mm-hmm. tamarind tamales fall out. That's cool.
1: I mean, it's like chocolate. It is chocolate is That's chocolate. Cool.
0: Yep.
1: And then and you, you know you got to put of, it in
0: different ways of packaging it. Yeah.
1: You got to put it in a bunny, you got to put it in the right. shape of an That's egg. Right. That's right. Uh
0: all right, cool. Okay. Um so look for that if you want to if you want to buy that, it it comes in a in a in a tamale husk. So there it is. And this
1: one's cool. This one's like natural because mm-hmm. there's like bits of
0: right. It's it does have like, a crunchy texture to it.
1: It's got bits of stuff like the, because tamarind, there's um, like an outer whatever. I mean, you can eat that. It's fine. It's just a little. Right. It's not as like melt in your mouthy sugar. And then sometimes it'll even have a seed in it. (laughs) So you have to be careful.
0: Be careful of the (laughs) seeds. Watch out for the seeds. All right. Cool. All right. Well, there you go. We'll uh, taste test some more of that stuff. And uh, so uh, movies that are, that are so bad, they're funny. That's what we had some fun with that. Hey, if you got a uh, voicemail message that you want to leave us, 773-417-6948, drop us an email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to be a sponsor, sales at radiomisfits.com for advertising. Jason Skaggs, thank you, buddy. Uh, Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits, rate and review us on every platform. Check us out. Next time, Dan Feinberg will be joining us for some TV talk. From the Hollywood Reporter, and so, uh, and so much more. Thank you, Esmeralda. Thank you, and thanks to everybody for listening. We'll see you next time on the Nicki Podcast. The wind is